Ovagyana Timiram Tasya Jnanam Jana Shalakaya Chakshur Militam Yuna Tasmai Shivaravinamaha In Padma Purana the basic difference between godly persons and demoniac persons is stated. The first two lines are the same as a verse of Bhagavad Gita. Bhuto Sarge Logisin Daiva Asura Evacha Vishnu Bhaktasvito Daiva Asurya Satitariyaha. There are two kinds of people in this world who are known as Deva and Asura. Deva means Vishnu Bhakta and Asura means just the opposite. As I was just reading in a purport, Prabhupada said that for devotees, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna is everything. And for non-devotees, money, women, and opportunities for sense gratification are everything. So we have to see what is our everything that we pray that Jayatam Suratopangor Mamamanda Mater Jatihi Matsarvasva Padam Bhojo Radha Maranamohana Matsarvasva are all in all, are everything is the lotus feet of Sri Sri Radha Madan Mohan, who takes us away, who by remembrance of their lotus feet, take away our desires for everything else. Specifically, those of us who are crippled by desires for sexual enjoyment. So, what is our all in all? What is our everything? Govinda Sarvasva is the name of Srimati Radharani. She is everything to Govinda. He is the giver of pleasure to the senses. But his own senses are enlivened and enraptured by the touch, taste, smell, hearing all the senses engaged in relationship to Srimati Radharani. So Hiranyaksha is a long way away from Srimati Radharani, Radha Krishna. He's a long way away physically. He wants to find him. He wants to find out the Supreme Personality of God. Very anxious to find him. That's a good quality. Generally that's good quality. To be very anxious to find the Supreme Personality of God. In fact, that is the only quality by which we can attain love of Krishna. Krishna Bhakti Rasa Bhavita Matihi Kriyatam Yadi Kutopi Lapyate Tatra Lolyam Apiyekam Tatram Lolyam Apimulyam Ekalam Janma Koti Sukritayana Lapyate Rupa Goswami gives an analogy that this Krishna Bhakti, the Rasa, is most valuable, it is invaluable. 
So if we can purchase it, we should put anywhere, anywhere, anytime, any place. If you can get it taken, what is the price? There's no, however much the Ambanis may fight over their money, they can put it all together and multiply it a million times, but they can't even get one drop of love of Krishna with all of it. And even if they were to perform austerities in millions of lifetimes or any amount of materialistic sukriti or pious activities, that would still not qualify them to come to Krishna consciousness, to get the Krishna Bhakti Ras, because that is attained only by lolyam or very strong desire to attain it. So Rupa Goswami as one of the six Goswamis, he himself uh, showed this not by his natural behavior as an Acharya. Acharya means one who teaches by his behavior. But that doesn't mean that they are deliberately trying to behave in a certain way. But then the natural behavior of a pure devotee is the ideal for all others to follow. So, one of the six Goswamis who were glorified by Srinivasa Acharya, He Radhe Rajadevi Ketalavite, He Nandasuna Kutaha, Shri Govard Hanna Kaupa Padapatale, Kalindi Vanya Kuta, Goshantabiti Sarvata Rajapuri, Kedai Mahavivalo, Vande Rupa Sanatana Raguyalo, Shri Jiva Gopalako, running here and there in Vrindavan, He Radhe. Oh, Radharani, oh, the gopis, oh, Krishna, where are you? Are you at the bottom of the Govardhan, some uh, the, the trees, the Kalpavriksha trees on the bank of the Kalindi? In this way, running here and there, Gushanta, calling out loudly, Kedaya, with, with a feeling of regret, pain in their heart, being overwhelmed by love of Krishna. So in this way, the six Goswamis were searching for Krishna. And Hiranyaksha is also searching for Krishna. And he wants to find out where is Vishnu. But a different move. The six Goswamis wanted to find out where are Radha Krishna so that they could serve them in great a feeling of loyalty, great greed, great longing to love them and serve them. Kade, this feeling of deep pain that I can't find Radha and Krishna, I can't serve them. But Hiranyaksha's mood is different. He wants, he's very anxious to find out Vishnu. But not with a feeling of regret in his heart, but here it's stated that <laughs> vainglorious Durmadaha What's the word? Yes, yeah. Mahamana, proud and vainglorious. So in this mood, he wants to find out Vishnu so that he can kill Vishnu. Which is a foolish proposition because you can't kill Vishnu. Vishnu kills you. But he is uh, such a fool. Pride, and here, vainglorious is kind of archaic English. Vainglorious means vanity, pride, ahankar. So these are typical symptoms of the demon. 
dambo darpa vimanascha krodha parashamevacha agyana chabijatasya partha sampadim asurim the typical quality or the, or the basic qualities of the demons which are explained in more detail in this chapter of Bhagavad Gita but first of all is the first symptom of the demons that Krishna gives in the 16th chapter of Gita the, the basic qualities from which all their other bad qualities develop such as praviting cha, nevriting cha, jananara, vidurasaraha all their other bad qualities they don't know what is proper they don't know what is improper nasatyam napichacharo they have neither cleanliness nor truthfulness nor proper behavior so all their bad qualities but it's st- the, the mool or the basic bad quality described dhamba, dharma, abhiman which are all similar terms which means they're puffed up conceited, arrogant parusha nasty speech then kroda unnecessary anger and why agyana chabhijata all all the bad qualities of the demons come from their ignorance whereas devotees qualities they spring from the knowledge of what? Sambandha Jnana Jivesu Rupoi Krishna Nittodas Krishna Tatastha Shakti Bheda Prakash That the living being, Atma, is the eternal servant of Krishna That is his Swarup Lakshan or his basic characteristic And he is part and parcel of Krishna But not fully Krishna Same but different Somewhat the same and somewhat different also. So the demon doesn't know this. And he thinks, Ishvara Hamaham Bhogi, what a foolish proposition. I am the supreme controller and I am the enjoyer. So the only difficulty with this proposition, well there are many difficulties with this proposition, but the problem is that every demon, every conditioned soul is competing with every other conditioned soul to show to show I am the Ishvara and I am the enjoyer because all are trying trying to consider themselves Ishvara and controlling all the others and trying to exploit and enjoy all the others so there's constant competition which leads to, as Prabhupada uses the word here war-mongering they take pleasure in fighting for the wrong cause so the uh, prominent among the demons is they like to fight and inflict pain on others unnecessarily and because they see others as competitors so the demon sees everyone as a competitor up to the position of the personality of Godhead and especially the supreme personality of Godhead they consider their competitor they want to kill him because he actually is the supreme enjoyer so they think if we can kill him, then, then I can enjoy and control very nicely. So directly or indirectly, the demons, they want to kill the Supreme Lord. Directly here, Hiranyaksha has enough foolish pride to 
be very anxious to find out Vishnu with the idea that I will kill him. This is his material calculation. Because he has calculated that from his calculating in ignorance, he thinks that, well, everything, there's no spiritual existence, there's no God, there's only what I can see. And we can, I've seen, I've been throughout the whole universe, I've seen everything, and I've not found anyone equal to myself, but still some people claim that this Vishnu is equal to me, or maybe even greater than me. So just to set the record straight and remove all my competitors, I shall remove him. And it seemed to Hiranyaksha like a very logical and reasonable proposition, just like the modern day atheists or even ancient atheists, it seems to them quite a reasonable proposition that there is no God in control. We don't see any God, therefore there's no God. Tremendous logic, fantastic philosophy. There, I don't see God, therefore there's no God. It's the standard uh, proposition put by every atheist. That they, well, if you can't show me God, that proves there's no God. As if this is some tremendous philosophical statement. That I don't see God, therefore there's no I mean, I'm actually God, and if I can't see it, that means it doesn't exist. But they got it all wrong. That Krishna actually is God, and if he doesn't see it, it doesn't exist. But we are not God, and so our seeing it or not seeing it is not a, uh, that is not a criterion for whether or not it exists. <laughs> but we, are so, we have already assumed that we are God, and therefore if I don't see it, it doesn't exist. Up to, up to the nature of God. There is no God, there is no one greater than me. We don't see any God, there is a tsunami, that proves there is no God. Rascal. That proves there is God. Because we are thinking that there is... They say there's a tsunami means there's no God. That's the proof. Because if there was God, he wouldn't have done such a nasty thing to kill so many people all at once. That's proof that we're thinking that we are in control and we shall enjoy and nothing can stop us and all of a sudden, tsunami. So, those who have this knowledge, Bhagavad Tattva Vijnanam, scientific knowledge of the personality of Godhead, they can see God's hand in everything. But for those who are willingly bereft of this knowledge, even they say, show me God, even if He comes directly in front of them, in front of them, they will not recognize Him and they will deny that He exists. So, Hiranyaksha, he, was he a, an atheist or what? I mean, he believed in the existence of Vishnu. He didn't say to Varuna, well, there's no Vishnu. He said, there is Vishnu? Okay, let me find him. So he's a different brand of atheist. That he believed in Vishnu, but he didn't accept him as the Supreme. He thought that up till now he's been the Supreme, but now I'm here. As long as I wasn't here, Vishnu could pose as supreme. But now I've come and his time is over. He can retire as God. I'm going to take over. I'm going to be God the second. King God the second. And I'm going to show that you were thinking he was supreme, but now I've come. And I've got so many more quality. I'm so much more qualified to be God. So this imitator can retire, this Pondraka said the same thing. He gave that uh, this Krishna, Vas, he's posing as Vasudev 
But he is accepted as the Supreme Lord by foolish people who do not know the glories of Maharaj Pongraka. So all crazy talk, all madness. So now this Hiranyaksha is off to show his foolishness by challenging the Supreme Lord to a fight. Now to materialistic persons, Hiranyaksha seems like pretty good. His proposition is pretty reasonable. Even to this day there are some people who want to say that actually Ravana, he wasn't such a bad guy. I mean he didn't do such a bad thing. He just kidnapped Sita, that's all. And Ram could have said, okay, never mind. There are plenty of other women. I can marry someone else. So why did he get so upset? Ravana, you know, it's just a noise. Not, not such an unusual thing. And he could have, could have made some peace and maybe could have swapped with Mandodari or something like that. And life could have gone on. Why did he cause all this killing? So there are apologists even for Ravana. In the Western countries, there's a kind of, I don't know if you can call it religious sect, but it's, they're Satanists. They worship Satan, Shaitan. So they think that, well, if God has an enemy, God's enemy is my friend. <laughs> the, the enemy, a mutual enemy, Having a mutual enemy makes people friends. So they think, well, Satan doesn't like God. I don't like God either. And he's in charge of this material world. He gives all kinds of material pleasures. Okay, let's worship him. So they have declared their enmity towards God. Foolish proposition. Atmatadva Prabhu, who you may have heard or heard of, he was telling me, he, he was, before coming to Krishna Gondras, he was involved with some tantrics. So he saw some, he was speaking with some tantric who had tremendous powers. He had all these spirits under his control. But to get that kind of power, they had to do things like they would find out some uh, some woman who had just pregnant woman who had died and they would take the fetus and do all kinds of nasty things with that do all kinds of very simple activities that would invoke the lower satanic powers so they would get power to enjoy this material world but by performing very very, very ghastly, simple activities. So, Amitabha Prabhu, he asked this one, Tantric, don't you think that, uh, don't you realize that you're doing all this and you have some tremendous power for a short time, you have some, some mystic power, but then after you die, you're going to have to suffer so many simple reactions. He said, yeah, I know. I know I'll suffer, but now at least for some time I shall enjoy it. Ashvatthama said the same thing. He was there with, uh, who was he with? With Kripa and who else was with him? Hmm? Kritavarma, yeah. Was, they were like good guys, but somehow they were on the other side. And 
They were all the, all the armies were defeated. The, the, the Kaurava army was defeated and the remnants of the Pandava army, which was still quite big, was resting after the fight. I mean, they'd just been fighting for so many days, had a little rest at night, but you know, they, were, they were completely exhausted after the battle. So, Kritavarma, Kripa, and Ashvatama, they were, they were, and they and Duryodhana was all that was left of the Kaurava force, but they were separated from Duryodhana. So they were defeated and uh, just hiding away in the forest in case the Pandavas found them and killed them. So they were hiding away at night, exhausted and disappointed. So they were just resting, but Ashwatthami couldn't sleep. His heart was burning. my, My father was killed in such a bad way. He wanted revenge. But what to the what could they do? They were already defeated and whatever was left of the armies, they were outnumbered. Then he saw that the, so many crows were sleeping on the tree in the forest, and then one big owl came and killed them all one by one. I guess to eat them. Then Ashwatthama got an idea and he woke up Kripa and Kritabhama and said, hey look, you saw it. You know what I just saw? I just saw this owl killing all the birds while they were sleeping. So the core of our forces, they're still sleeping. Let's go and kill them in their sleep. And Kripa and Kritabhama said, how can, how can you think of such a thing? That's extremely sinful to kill people in their sleep. You'll, but But... Ashwatthama was insistent. No, I, I have to do it. I will do it. That's the only way I can avenge these, the unlawful death of my father. But they were again and again saying that you'll have to suffer so much for doing that. And then Ashwatthama came back with, well, I don't care if I have to suffer as an insect, take birth as an insect or in a hellish existence for millions of lives, but I have to do this. So he knew that I will have to suffer for this, but still, just he was so much impelled by this desire. I have to fill, fulfill this desire. It doesn't matter what happens in future. This is foolishness. That therefore, in, in Bhagavad Gita, our Lord Krishna states this calm or this material desire, jnanam avritya dehinam. It, it covers. The knowledge of the embodied soul that covers so badly that even you have knowledge, just like Ashvatthama knew, I will have to suffer. So he wasn't without knowledge, but his knowledge, it was there, but it was covered by the very strong desire that I must commit this activity with no consideration of whether it's right and wrong or what will the future consequences be, I must do it. So this is the this is the nature of again, even if or sinful desire, it covers our knowledge so much so. Often the, the, this question comes that well how could we 
if we are pure spirit soul, how could we be away from Krishna? How can we not be with Krishna? Because the, by nature the, the Atma is pure. So how is it that we are supposed to be with Krishna? How can we not be with Krishna? How can we go away from Krishna? And what is the answer? The answer is there in our own lives and in the lives of every conditioned soul that this strong desire to enjoy separately from Krishna that covers our knowledge so badly that even we get knowledge of Krishna, we don't desire to take that up. So Hiranyaksha, he was, he went to all the different demigods, he's been to Varuna, and he could have taken knowledge from Varuna that Vishnu is there, you can go and serve him. But he wanted to, to take the knowledge of where is Vishnu so that he could go and kill him even though it's an impossible proposition. But he didn't care to think. Very intelligent, no doubt, to take <laughs> the demons, they often have very great intelligence, very great power, seems to be very good. Compared to other living beings, they're often very powerful and intelligent. There's some Maya Dhanava, Hiranyakashipu was very, very learned, very intelligent, very powerful. He had a good plan. He was maybe the most intelligent demon in the history of the universe. Because every demon wants to lord it over the universe. And he made a plan whereby he was actually able to do so. So you can say he's the most successful demon in the universe, in the history of the universe. People are very much wanting to be successful in the modern age. You should be a success. Success means you want to have a lot of money. You want to have lots of facilities for enjoyment. You want to have power, position, fame, prestige. Well, Hiranyakashipu had it all. So you, you can just be a, a minor follower of Hiranyakashipu. Hiranyakashipu Nuga. Instead of being Rupa Nuga, you can be Hiranyakashipu Nuga. Be a success. But for all his intelligence, for all his planning, he didn't calculate properly. He made a miscalculation. He calculated that Vishnu is also under the modes of... He's, he's not transcendental. He's, he's a living being, he's, therefore he's just like one of us. And no one can be greater than me. This was Hiranyakashipu's gambit, which failed, which must fail. So, despite their intelligence, their knowledge is covered by the illusion of thinking Ishvara Hammaham Bhogi, instead of thinking Ishvara Paramakrishna, he is the supreme control. This is the uh, miscalculation in Smartavad also. The Panchopasana attributed to Shankaracharya, they also worship Lord Vishnu. Mayavadis, they worship Lord Vishnu and they, they may even say Vishnu is Param Devata and they may chant the names of Vishnu, Vishnu Sahasrana, thinking by doing so we shall get free from sin. 
Lord Vishnu is very powerful. You see in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, Savadhaman Parityajam Mame Kamsharnam Raja. By going to Lord Vishnu, you can get free from sin. But they think that Lord Vishnu himself is subject to the reactions of the, his activity. They think that he also has to uh, take sinful reactions. That's why you'll find sometimes these Maya bodies where we're in, uh, in I was in Dwarka once, big Dwarka, and speaking to one priest there. So he was saying that, you see, this uh, Krishna, he also had to die from being shot by a hunter for his sinful reaction. He caused so many people to die. Gandhari also cursed Krishna that you, you are the cause. She saw, she didn't see Duryodhana as the cause. You are the cause of the death of all my family, of all of our extended families. So your family should also die by fratricidal war. So it might appear if we examine Shastra, superficially, it might appear that Vishnu is also subject to sinful reaction. Because, what is that? Ram shot Bali. Therefore, Krishna had to be shot in the same, killed by an arrow in the same way. As if it's a karmic reaction. It might appear like that. But devotees know that the Supreme Lord, his Leela is orchestrated in such a way that the devotees appreciate it and Asura Vimohana Leela, the demons are bewildered by it. They, depending on our perspective, we will either understand these are the transcendental pastimes of the Supreme Lord or we will think that Krishna he is very good or very bad either way, but if we think that he's subject to his to sinful reactions, then we also come under the category of demons. Even if superficially we worship the Supreme Lord like Jarasandha. He worshipped Shalagram Shila and he was following Brahminical culture. That means he was partial to the Brahmins, giving them gifts. But when Vishnu came personally in front, in front of him, he considered him his enemy. And he had the privilege of Krishna telling him that I am your enemy. That when the three apparent brahmanas came before him, that means Krishna, Arjuna, Bhim, Kshatriyas dressed as brahmanas, he immediately understood there's something strange going on here. They don't look like brahmanas, their bodily construction, and even they have this mark on their body from holding the quiver, and their voices are very deep and grave and commanding. They're just like kshatriyas. They don't seem to be like brahmanas. In fact, I think I've seen them somewhere else before. But anyway, even if they are kshatriyas, they've come as brahmanas, so I'll, I'll treat them as brahmanas. And if they are kshatriyas posing as brahmanas and begging something, anyway they degraded. So whatever they want, I'll give them. So when he said, all right, what do you want? 
And Krishna said, actually we're not brahmanas. This is uh, Bhim. This is Arjun. And I am your old enemy, Krishna. So he had the privilege of being designated by Krishna as his enemy. Krishna recognized him one way or the other. So all these personalities, actually they're great personalities. See, it's, it's not any ordinary demon who can get into Krishna Leela. <laughs> you have to be a real hardcore demon to get into Krishna Leela. It's not just cutting off a few chickens' heads here and there. You have to be a really, really top of the demon league to get into Krishna Leela and have the privilege of being personally killed by Krishna. So these are all great personalities in one way or another. They're, they're also nourishing Krishna's Leela. They're taking part in Krishna Leela. Who will fight with Krishna? Not just some little boxing champion. But uh, has to be some really tremendous personality. However, we are enjoined to follow in the footsteps of the great devotee not following the footsteps of Kamsa. Like Hiranyaksha, very eagerly looking for Krishna. Kamsa was always thinking of Krishna very intensely. But we are enjoying... Oh, that's inauspicious. Get this crow out of it. Inauspicious bird. So... Uh, Just like Hiranyaksha was very eager to find Vishnu, so we should be eager, but not like Hiranyaksha. Our eagerness should be like that of Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, Kutaha. Where are you? How can we come to serve you? Not how can we come to foolishly try to kill you? So, asuras tadviparyayaha, the mood of the asura is completely opposite to that of the devotee who simply wants to serve the Supreme Lord, but the demon wants to relegate the Supreme Lord to some inferior status and present himself as better. So, this, these are some insights into the mentality of demons which we should not try to emulate, but we should follow in the footsteps of the great devotees. Hare Krishna. Is there any question about this? You're studying Mahabharata? You like that? Ramayana also? Hmm? You're going to study. Okay, it's good. That's, uh, it's actually very important. We need devotees to study Bhagavatam and Mahabharata and then they can tell all the stories of Mahabharata in a way that leads towards bhakti. The people like to hear all these things and they're instructive also. So instead of filling our ears with the pastimes of cinema stars as is the modern idea, we should hear about the great personalities as are described in Mahabharata. I, one of my disciples in Baroda, I asked him every once a week to give class on Mahabharata. So it's always, there's always a good crowd 
but he also reads Bhagavatam. So you get the you get the Bhakti Sancharit Mahabharat Vyakka. So why don't you do that? Study nicely and then speak. Preach Krishna consciousness through Mahabharat, Ramayana, especially these three Granthas, Ramayana, Mahabharata, Srimad Bhagavatam. These are at the basis of the great Indian culture. Nowadays people don't know. They should even teach them. And there's so many, you can go on talking forever. There's so much to be understood and analyzing. So many interesting things. What is the character of Karna? Is he good or is he bad? It's a big question. This way, that way. Ultimately, we have to say he's bad. He had many good qualities, but harava bhakta se mahan guna, because he was not hari bhakta, because he took the side of Duryodhana, then we have to say he's bad. Well, you say, well, even Bhishma and Drona, they also kripa, krita, varma, they're all they 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 also took the side of of Duryodhana. So, but no, they're good. Why? Because they didn't give their heart to Duryodhana. Their heart was still with Krishna. So these things we have to analyze. They're many interesting, not only interesting, but uh, uplifting. If we study Mahabharata and Ramayana, we'll know how to live as ideal human beings which is very much required, even among our own devotees. Because often we are following the highest path of Bhakti Yoga, but often due to whatever it may be, due to lack of proper training, the normal behavior isn't very good. So we should learn all these things. You're still young, you can learn Sanskrit also. That would be very useful. Then you can explain the shlokas in Sanskrit. We need this. Why don't you do that? Study Sanskrit. And Mahabharata is very simple Sanskrit. And then explain all these things. That's good. You have a young, young, fresh brain. You can use it for Shastra study. Hmm. Then, what happened? Clean. Oh, the medicine was well, not. There won't be time. There's supposed to be some gap of time. Anyway, continue. Anything? Question? Comment? Protest? Challenge? No protest this kind of class. It wasn't the kind of class that gets so many protests. Hare Krishna. That was a good comment. Thank you. Anything else? If someone says it's a nice class, I often think, what did I do wrong? It's not meant to entertain. If you by nice, you mean it, it helped us to understand more about Krishna consciousness, then nice. If it's entertaining, then I did something wrong. So that eagerness is more important than knowledge, but they're not independent. You can't be eager for something if you don't know anything about it. You cannot be eager to attain something if you don't know what it is. 
So this is uh, sometimes Sahajiyas say that we only need eagerness. We don't need to study any Shastra. But Bhagavad says, Tadcharadhana, what is that? Tadcharadhana munyo jnana vairagya yuktaya pajantyatman chatmana bhagya shruta grihitana. Bhakti is shruta grihitana. It is attained by hearing Vedanta, by hearing shruti. So, with one who is faithful and enriched with jnana and vairagya, they can come to bhakti. They're not independent. This is a misconception that when it's said that bhakti is not dependent on jnana, that means that it's that jnana, the attempt, jnana prayasamudapasya, the attempt to simply by knowledge to know Krishna. But knowledge of Krishna is intrinsic to bhakti. If you don't know who Krishna is, or how to serve it, then how is it there's no question of bhakti? So when we say we don't want jnana, that means the shushka jnana of the or, or the dry impersonalistic speculations of the Mayabhadis. But Bhagavad Tattva Vigyan that is very much required. I love Krishna but I don't know anything about him. Krishna, Krishna, yeah. I, I, I fully love Krishna. Krishna, that means that uh, that boy who lives in the Chopapati, right? We don't know anything about him. How are you going to love? Rather, devotees want to hear about Krishna, about his Nam, Rup, Gun, Leela. All these things. And included in that is how he is creating this material world, What are his, who are his different avatars, this is all Bhagavad Tattva Vigyan, this is all knowledge of Krishna. You may think we're following the gopis, the gopis they also know all these things. They know about Vaman avatar, Ram avatar, they mention how to Krishna they talk about him, about how he took Vaman avatar, Ram avatar. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very eager to hear again and again about Dhruva Charit, Kala Charit, all these things. The Supreme Lord Himself comes and speaks Sankhya philosophy. Here, I'm going to give you a little gyan. Don't put your hand on your mouth, it's contaminated. You should go and wash it. Actually. I personally saw Prabhupada. Someone put their hand on their mouth. Go out, go and wash your hand. You should go and wash your hand. You don't want to do it. Alright, what can I do? But Prabhupada. Then you see, then you're touching the mic, and then everyone has to be contaminated with your mouth. Anyway, I suppose you think you're the Supreme Lord, and therefore it's purifying you. Mm -hmm. These are some basic things we should learn. Never mind, wash your hand first. We'll discuss these things afterwards. Don't have lolium for Krishna. Please don't. If you're going to put your hand in your mouth and then touch Krishna, don't have lolium. First learn these things. You touch your hand, you put your hand on your mouth and then touch your beads and the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's all offense. 
So learn the first things first. You can't go to Krishna if you're going to make a painting. Alright, we'll finish it. What does Krishna say in Bhagavad Gita about the rain? Anyone? Sapami Aham? Aham Varsham. Nigrin Nami Utsvidami Chak. Krishna says, I give the heat and I either give or withhold the rain. So here's the rain. This is Krishna is sending. And in Mayapur it still didn't come. It's still burning. So why don't you learn all these verses and then you can tell all this about Krishna. Is it a good idea? Hare Krishna.